For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is On The Mark, and we are talking some big three basketball. We're also talking about the career of Brian Scalabrini, now playing for the Ball Hogs. But uh, I kind of want to look back here, Scal. 11 years in the league and to the finals with the Nets and winning one with the Celtics. You go to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, you had you had a, an incredible run when you, when you look back at it. Yeah, no question. But, you know, the reality of it is I was very fortunate to be on those great teams. When they picked, when the New Jersey Nets picked me and they had Stephon Marbury and they didn't make the trade, then two days later we get Jason Kidd. It changed everything. It changed my entire life. And, you know, I became really close with Jason. And, you know, that's, that's a good guy to have looking out for you. And sort of from there, you know, I've always been, you know, a hard playing competitive guy. And, you know, like the whole idea of just being, you know, a good teammate and, and all that stuff. But it really all started with just getting drafted to the right situation. It's funny because I have written down one of the questions for you. What did playing with Jason Kidd mean? And I didn't, I've never heard you say how much he uh, impacted your life. I mean, what, what was that bond and how did he sort of, I don't know, take you under his wing, I guess, or resonate with you? Something was going on. Well, even before all that happened, before we became close, you know, just, just his presence on the court, like just going into an NBA season as a rookie, you know, not knowing anything and understanding what it takes to win, the work that you have to put in, the seriousness of every uh, shoot around film session. You know, that was my reality right from the start. And then, you know, two and a half years in, you know, I started playing, started playing well, started getting uh, a little bit more time. You know, that's when we became pretty close. And uh, it, it's just having a guy like that, he made me so much better than I really was because of his his ability to see the floor. He, he came up to me one time and said, you know, when I pass you the ball, I'm taking the decision away from you. If I'm passing you the ball, you're open. If you cut to the basket, I'm not just going to throw you the ball for no reason. It's because you're open and go up to the basket. And once he told me that, and you can eliminate the fact that should I shoot, should I not shoot, I got a whole lot better pretty quick. 
So that's interesting. He just took it all out. Any of the decision-making, what should I do? Yo, here, the ball is yours. Put it in the bucket. That was basically it. I mean, obviously, you're, you know, if something drastic changed, you, you, could, you could pass it. But you were of one mindset when he gave you the ball. Yeah, because you already knew you were going to be open. And, and, and he did it at the right time, never too early, never too late. And it's hard. That's, a, that's not an easy thing to do. That's a, I'm sure, like, when you start looking around – at you know, you know things that are tough in sports. I think the quarterback position is really tough. You know the idea, you know, split second too late and it's an interception. Split second too early, it's an incompletion. I think that's how it is with point guards and and some of these guys, especially the way that they score the ball now, they they, they lose that you know that passing really that feel for the game. And Jason had that. And like I said, because of how elite he was, and it wasn't just me; it was all those guys. You know, Jefferson, Kenyon Martin, Kerry Kittles, all those guys benefited from it. But uh, when, when you can take that portion out of the game and, and should I, should I not, like the decision-making, which in the NBA is a fraction of a second, you eliminate one side of that, it makes it a whole lot easier to be a player. So you don't think you would have lasted 11 years in the league had you not played with Kidd. Is that fair? Maybe that's... No. Yeah. 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 Easy. Yeah. I wouldn't have lasted three months if I didn't get drafted to the Nets who happened to run the Princeton offense right from the start. And it's like, it's, it didn't exactly what my uh, skill set was, was a guy who can put the ball on the floor and make a pass, make a decision, and read complex offenses. If it wasn't for that, I went to a team that did isolation, I would have been out of the league in two months. That's the, you know, the the margin for guys like me, you know, there's a whole bunch of players that, and I'm not saying like, you know, the the players making eight, $10 million. Now those guys are really good, but you know, from having an 11 year career where you make like 25 plus million dollars or being out of the league, that margin is really fine. It's it's more about opportunity, guys getting put in, a, in the right situation. Now, from my point of view, I had to be ready to play when I did get an opportunity. You can't pick and choose when you get a chance to play in the NBA when you're a guy like me. And when I did get that chance, you know, I delivered at a young age. You know, if Kenyon Martin was hurt or he got suspended or anything like that, I would have to fill in, play big minutes and be ready to go and, and impact winning. And and because I did that, I kept getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and then I took advantage of it. Did you? Uh, what'd you learn from Dikembe? Or you also had a you know you play with Alonzo too for a couple of years. Yeah, Zoe was a great leader in the locker room. Even though that year was it was you know a little bit strange because he he didn't want to be there. He, I think he wanted to be in Miami. Like yeah. The whole thing with what was happening with his kidneys or and that that whole thing was a kind of a mess. But as far as like the stuff that he's taught me and leadership and the work that it puts in. The same thing with Matumbo. Both those guys, even though they, you know, big high-profile guys supposed to come in and, and really help us to get to the next hump, it didn't work out like that. Jason Collins ended up being our starting center because Matumbo broke his wrist and Zoe was out with the with the kidney thing. Right. Um, but just being around like veterans like that and understanding, you know, like for Matumbo was always life is so much bigger than basketball. You know, like you got to be thankful for what you have. Alonzo was, you know, you got to be a pro. You got to be a pro. There's a certain amount of approach that it takes to the game that you got to look at and say, you know, am I doing, am I getting better today or am I getting worse today? And he was a big proponent of that. And so, you know, and now those guys, I mean, I was around Garnett. I was around Pierce. I was around Ray Allen. I take something from everybody, even guys that a lot of people don't even know. Rodney Rogers, you know, like he helped me out along the way. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that, uh, that sort of, got me an opportunity to you know just to learn how to how to be a pro because a lot of kids coming out of college and I was fortunate I, I went to college for five years don't have any idea 
how to be a pro and what it takes to be a pro. And those guys taught me start from the jump. It's interesting that you bring up Rodney Rogers. I was at a, a breakfast uh, brunch that they have on All-Star Weekend, and, and Rodney was there in a wheelchair, and uh, Ernie Johnson's the MC, and they were honoring him. And the, the amount of love in that room for Rodney Rogers, it was overwhelming. Yeah, no, he was a phenomenal teammate. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't think any team he's ever been on, a guy who's like, I don't like Rodney Rogers as a teammate. Yeah. Very unfortunate what happened to him, but uh, – no, I love Rodney, and, and like I said, he, he taught me a lot of stuff about, you know, uh, that year he came in and he was he was playing, but sometimes I would get opportunity, you know, like for whatever reason, and, and, and he wouldn't play. And uh, he, he was like, look, man, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that have beef with you if, if I'm not getting the time. Like, I'm, I'm here to support you, and I, I see you do the same thing. So that kind of stuff. I mean, all this stuff really matters, and it matters in the short term, matters in the long term. A lot of people nowadays, you know, like with the highlight-driven society that we're in, they think that that stuff is, is the most important thing. But, you know, there's a lot of ways to be a good NBA player, a lot of ways to contribute to helping a team win, even if you don't impact the game. And it's just culturally just being around and setting the tone of, uh, you know, the amount of work that it takes being in the weight room two hours early and inspiring other people that way. Did Jason Collins share any of his off-court, uh, what was going on with him when you were playing? Did anybody have a, any idea about that yeah. he was maybe conflicted? No. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. Interesting. When that happened, um, yeah, like I was, my, I was, my son was just uh, being born at the time, and uh, they, someone called me up and said, I need you to do an interview on Jason Collins. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I mean, I, Jason Collins is my boy, but – what is he doing? Like, is he, uh, did he drop 40 in like a summer league or something? Like, so I had no idea why I was doing an interview with Jason all the way to when I called Sports Illustrated. And I'm like, and we were like halfway through the interview. I had no idea. It was, it was out there, but you no, know, I was preoccupied. My son was being born. And as the interview's going on, he kept asking me these questions. I'm like, this is the weirdest interview I've ever been a part of. So I had like zero, even with, even when all the information was out, I had zero idea, you know, I don't know if you had any children, but, like, the world is, like, like bombs can go off across the country and you wouldn't even know. All you do is sit there and hope this kid comes out, right? So that's what was going on at the time, and I literally had no idea what was going on. And, uh, like I said, 20 minutes into the interview, I finally, um, I finally was like, why are you asking me all these questions? And they told me. I'm like, really? I had no idea. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I, looking back, is it like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Or I, I still would have no idea. Even if nah, you, yeah. nah, still. Yeah. Still, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I, uh, I had no idea. He uh, seemed like a phenomenal teammate, Jason Collins. No, I, that whole group was great. I yeah. mean, they were all so different. They're also different, um, you know, from Van, from like Van Horn the first year to McCulloch the second year to I mean first and second year to Matumbo, uh, Rodney Rogers I mentioned Aaron Williams you know like all these guys were all so uh, like they were, all, were all about winning it was all about doing it the right way and it like I think that's that Jason Kidd influence right you're gonna play a certain way you're gonna follow your leader I mean he's one of the most unselfish players to ever play the game and because of that. You, everyone has to sort of follow suit. So it was, it was some of the funnest basketball I've ever played, no question. Yeah, I, I just love looking back at guys like yourself or whoever and just look at the rosters and see who you, who you all play with. And, of course, I mean, the Celtics, you mentioned them. 
a second ago. I mean, that's you know, you you got you're on a championship team in 08, and you're playing with the big three. Did you have to prove yourself like extra special to Kevin Garnett? I I hear that occasionally white guys they kind of gotta they have a little bit more to climb with KG. Which by the way, I respect that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about doing the work. You know, like you put the work in, and you know, I'm also a little bit different about me is I'm I'm very communicative. Uh, communicative on the court like I don't ever stop talking well I don't ever stop talking now in the media but also as a player you know like calling out coverages it's just the way that I learned to play and I never have stopped doing that like my coach told me you know if you're quiet you're wrong and so you know I, I, I you know I don't I never had a problem like you know fitting in from that or I didn't feel like I had to prove anything you put your work in and you make sure you communicate on the court at all times and like I the goal for me was always winning. It's not about like acceptance. It's not about um, uh, you know making people like me or not like me. If if you want like, and I learned this from Jason, he would like cuss me out, and it's like that's part of the gig. That's how it is. You just got to move on and, and play. I'm not gonna like sulk. I'm not gonna you know uh, go into a shell or anything like that. Like I'm trying to win. Whatever it takes to win. If we lose and I'm upset later on, we'll deal with that. But I don't think I ever you know, came across it. And maybe it has a lot to do with my talent level. You know, like I was focused more on, you know, doing the right things defensively and, and doing the right things offensively versus how well that I'm personally doing. So that when that, when I, when you play that way, I think people respect that. KG, you, you're, you're talking about yourself talking all the time. KG had that trash talk down. You, you, you learn anything. From, I mean, he, he would make guys, I, I occasionally I got to sit low down and, and I was in Chicago and, he would kill Joakim Noah. I mean, that was, oh uh, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. And Noah's my boy too. It's funny because when I went to Chicago, uh, I told him I, they didn't like each other, right? Like, but I told him, man, if you guys were on the same team, you guys would love each other, man. <laughs> it would be so great to watch you guys on the same team, you know. But uh, yeah, he, he because you know a lot of these young players coming up and even like now I, you know i talk to people like everyone loves kevin garnett because of you know his intensity and young players growing up they wanted to be like kevin garnett kevin garnett's that that mix of like hard nose all about the game and also highly skilled you know like it's just unbelievable when you really start dissecting that now the younger generation they didn't like that as much if you a lot of guys they think garnett's full, like all bark right no bite but I think uh, the old school guys, they really respect Garnett because of, you know, this is the fact of his preparation and how focused he was. And, yeah, he would destroy people when it comes to trash talking, but it was all in trying to win games. Does it matter to you, by the way, if uh, the big three get back together and I guess Ray has to apologize for that to happen? I I mean, which kind of seems ridiculous on some level. But, uh, I mean, what's your take on on that whole reunion possibly happening? And and just it's got to feel off that there's – I guess something uh, that's still bothering the group. Uh, not really. When you know them, that group is probably the most highly competitive, yeah. the most competitive group I've ever been around. It's not even close. So, yeah. and I say this about most NBA players. Most NBA players are, are looking for reasons to be motivated. It's it's just when you think about like Garnett's twenty years in the NBA, or you know, like. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan plays all these years and, you know, like he's winning championship after championship. People are looking for different ways to be motivated. If Ray Allen turns his back and goes to Miami, regardless of like the scenario of what's happening and the, and the narrative becomes, 
you know, forget him, us against the world, you adapt that culture, and I don't think they'll waver from it. Even five years later, ten years later, it doesn't really matter if that's the way that you think you're going to be that way. And I think it, a lot of people are looking at it like it's a bad thing. Trust me on this one. Like, these players and how they motivate themselves, it's, it's you know, day in and day out to get up and work out and to get up and push yourself. You know, those are – I don't – I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. You, you can't just change and all of a sudden say, "Oh yeah, everything is fine. Everyone loves everyone." When you're when you're hardwired a certain way. Yeah, I, I get it. You don't achieve that level of success without that type of motivation. I, I one uh, one more on the on the Celtics. At the year that you guys played the Bulls in one of the greatest seven game first round series ever, maybe the best. It was unbelievable. I remember Rondo walking into the United Center, Brian, and he was. You know, it's two hours before the game, and I was kind of right there, and I was walking with him trying to get, like, one little comment, and it was like the middle of the fourth quarter already. I mean, he wanted to bite my head up. Don't speak to me. I am tunnel vision. I am playing basketball. Get out of here, media guy. I'm assuming that doesn't surprise you at all. No, Rondo's one of my best friends in the league. I don't, I have, I don't see the stuff that goes on with him, like all the drama and, you know, like uh, I, love I, I don't see any of that stuff. Rondo is... Yeah, so do I. I think I think he's like a very uh, polarizing figure, right? It's just you either love him or you hate him, and a lot of people don't like him for whatever reason. But you know, like if, if, to me, I would say if you don't like a guy that goes out there and prepares and is focused and is really intelligent, then you know, then maybe you don't like the game, or maybe you like just the showmanship of it. And you know, to me, I have I, I totally respect that about him, and by far, not even close, including Jason Kidd in this one. He's the smartest basketball player I have ever been around it's it's not even close it's that's that's what I love about him because he's old school point guard I mean yeah he's not going to shoot the ball great but he no one sees the floor like he does he competes to that level he's just like I mean to, to me it's like the last of a dying breed there's not going to be another guy like that coming around it's just he's so unique that's I, I love watching him play you know uh Lonzo Lonzo Ball could be uh, similar to that interesting you know what I mean he's an old school throwback you know it's just like he reminds me a lot of Jason Kidd. Rondo reminds me a lot. Now, the one thing I don't know if he'll ever be is a guy who's that smart. I just don't know. That. I, I, maybe the game, it, he is so off the charts intelligent. It's almost freaky, the, the, the kind of stuff that he does. I can go on and on about these stories, how smart he is. And, and uh, it's a lot of people say that really know him say he's too smart for his own good. But I just, I've just never ever been around anybody with that high of a basketball IQ. Can you, can you tell one l- l- real quick uh, Rondo intelligence story that sticks out? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a coach on the Warriors, and you know, like I do prep work. You know, I do sixty hours of film watching on a team before I go into my scout, and you know, I got to know all their plays. So I started figuring out, like for me, I can, I can learn about seven plays, and I can kind of know three more. So we're playing Boston, and Mark Jackson says. You know, a play. Uh, let's run a uh, forty-five downside, and he looked at us, and he started like kind of like using this rolodex in his mind, and he went back and said they don't have a forty-five downside, and then Mark says you're right. Let's run twenty-two up, and he right away picked out what twenty-two up was, and I was like, man, like I don't even know what that <laughs> is, you know, and this is my team. I mean, it was like. I just don't get how he can how he can do that. When I I told you I study film, you know, sixty hours a week to try to know everyone's call, and he's and he's not doing that. He's just like, I don't know if it's deductive reasoning for him, or I don't know if it's a way of 
of just like understanding player personnel and trying to like equate it together. But somehow, some way, he figured that out. And when he did that, I was just like, I was blown away on the bench. I just couldn't imagine it. I, and I, like, from a strategy standpoint, he can know everybody's sets, everyone's plays all the way through. And, um, and, and, and if he ever became a coach, it'd be a really interesting team, no question. You should have been hooping at Harvard and not Kentucky for Ray John. <laughs> You <laughs> no, probably could. Well, sometimes that doesn't always translate. I mean, <laughs> not all players from Harvard are also basketball spots. Interesting. You know, it yeah. doesn't really. LeBron went to LeBron's from high school, and he's one of the smartest players in the league too. So it doesn't. I don't know if it always holds true like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's fair. Hey, uh, real real quick uh, before we get to your work with J.C. Penny here and, and uh, the championship coming up in Vegas in August, and I know you guys are down in Dallas this weekend. I saw you buried a three in Chicago, too, old school, a la, a la your Bulls days. I, I'm just curious, what do you think about Derrick uh, Rose playing with LeBron and all that's going on in Cleveland with Kyrie? It's just bizarre to me that Kyrie wouldn't want to play with LeBron and then, and then Derrick teaming up with, with, with uh, LeBron is a whole thing that, you know, may, it, was just, it just feels off but yet right at the same time. You know, this... Um this Kyrie Irving thing has been strange because this week I've been doing basketball camp and I took my week off of uh, serious, you know, at the starting lineup from seven to 10, which I do have a show every three hours a week. And so, you know, you formulate your own opinions and you know, you listen to callers and say, Oh, that's an interesting take. So you kind of get an idea of what's going on, right? You get, and you get guests on, you have them talk about it. And then eventually you formulate like, okay, this is what I believe. So with this whole thing, it makes zero sense why he would want to leave now. I mean, if you want to leave, why don't you just, if you want to be the man, just wait and see what happens with LeBron. I mean, he could right. leave and you could be still in Cleveland and be the man. I don't, I'm not sure, it, like, what kind of sense any of this makes. Also, with the designated player rule, you know, if LeBron were to leave, Kyrie, in my opinion, would no question be first, second, or third team all NBA. Also, a team that drafted him, so he's up for like $43 million contract a year. Why would he want to give that up by going to another team and, 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 and dropping down? Now, if LeBron stays, you can do it a year later, and then you can leave if you want, knowing that LeBron just signed a five-year deal or whatever he does in Cleveland, or, or maybe he leaves, and, you, and then all the decisions would, would, would make sense. Why, why do it right now? It makes zero sense, plus the fact that you know you're going to the NBA Finals again. Yep. Could it, could it, how bad does it really have to be to come out and say this stuff? So to me, there's no logical sense to any of this. So I believe that there's some funny business going on over there. Unless, if they're, like, maybe LeBron doesn't want him and they want to upgrade his roster. He's fine with Derrick Rose, another superstar, and then another role player. You know, like, maybe maybe LeBron is looking like uh, I can – or maybe the Cavs are looking like they can improve this roster. Maybe along the way they can move Kyrie. But logically – this makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, that that's interesting. If if really what's going on behind the scenes that it could be LeBron kind of pushing him out. But I, I mean, the way I was kind of reading it was maybe that they actually were seeing what they could get from knowing they have to better their roster, and then he just got real salty about it. But you know, a lot of guys, great players, have been traded in this league. You kind of got to be a professional around it, at least from a distance. That's how I would look at it. So, uh, J. C. Penny, you're going to get a sweet suit. And uh, August twenty sixth, oh yeah, right. And then August twenty sixth, you got the you got get a title weekend in Vegas. This is I, I assume you're having a ton, yeah, of, so, ton of fun here, right? Oh, so the victory has been fantastic and, and extremely well organized from the start to the finish. And uh, as far as JC Penny, you know, like for 
for a long time now, I've been buying clothes from JCPenney for a while. I mean, their hoodies and stuff that I wear, that's like workout clothes and, you know, their dress shirts because they have the big and tall. And not a lot of uh, not a lot of people have big and tall with flavor. Usually it's like these big boxy polo shirts that don't fit. But, you know, like just because I'm 6'9 doesn't mean I don't want to have, uh, you know, swag. So JCPenney, uh, they, through the big three, they're hooking me up with a suit. And then the inside liner of this suit is totally custom has a picture of me, White Mamba, hashtag White Mamba underneath it. So it is going to be sweet. It's probably, this could be the best I've ever looked. And that's including all those Celtic games where I got to dress up and wear a suit. I think I'll, this would be my best suit. and It'll be the best I ever looked uh, on any red carpet event by far. They're not making a duplicate for Michael Rappaport now, are they? Well, all they would have to do is like just change like the eyes just a little bit. And then, <laughs> I mean, he could wear it. He could wear it and people would think it's him. But, uh, no, it's uh, that's my guy. Like, I completely tried to destroy him most times on anything that's really out there social media-wise. But uh, at the end of the day, that is my boy. Scal, appreciate it. Always great to talk to you. Uh, continued success to you. Great work with J.C. Penny, And uh, we look forward to talking to you down the line. Thanks for being on the mark. All right. Thanks, Mark. just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes talk about starting the morning right just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget Mm-mm-mm. visit carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be convenient comfortable For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.